BYU Sports Nation, the most powerful college football team not in a Power 5 conference. We'll rank the best of the non-P5s. The voice of the Boise State Broncos, Bob Beeler, joins the program to weigh in and forecast the Boise State outlook in 2014. Plus, our national championship Wednesdays continue. 30 years later, we go live with BYU's leading receiver from 1984. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're two days away from watching actual football. Yeah. It's a practice, but I don't care. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, TV, and other media machines. Presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Tuesday, July 30th. Where did July go? It's almost gone. Unbelievable. By the way, with fall camp, summer camp, whatever, full coverage on BYU Sports Nation, BYUTVSports.com, interviews, uh, sounds of the day. If there are great plays that we were able to shoot, given the uh, window that we have, we'll throw those up on YouTube. Uh, Two-on-ones from us with different guys. I mean, we're going to bring it. Stick with us, and you will get what you want out of fall camp. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with our resident antique shoelace collector, Jerem Jordan. Okay, some of the some of the times uh, when you say stuff like this at the beginning, I have an inkling of what it is. That I just have no clue. I have like no idea where that came from or why you said that, but I'll still take it. Thank Isn't you. Isn't it fantastic? Sure. I experienced something <laughs> last night that I didn't think I would ever encounter, especially not this off season, in Utah County, in Provo, Utah. A younger generation person, a student, approached Jeremy and I. We were hanging out, just uh, throwing a football around. And That's what we do after the show. We just throw a football <laughs> Sometimes around. Sometimes we do that to, uh, to blow off steam. Okay. And he said, in, and, I, and I paraphrase, Taysom Hill is not a good quarterback. And, and I could play quarterback better than him. And he was serious. I, I, every, I didn't know what to do. Not everyone. Is, it's, it Taysom doesn't have a 100% popularity vote. <laughs> yeah. In Provo? Sure. Yeah. There's some Utah fans here, man. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. There are some Utah fans that live in Utah County in Provo. Okay, but they. But if you're a sane, non-delusional well, fan, no. you still think Taysom Hill's a good athlete and that sure. he's a good quarterback. I, here's the issue I had with the guy. He said that he was better. <laughs> what? And then he, and then he uh, went on to demonstrate for us <laughs> that he was better. And I said, walk-on tryouts are coming up soon. If you'd like to, he said, well, I don't go to BYU. I said, well, there's your first challenge. Okay, so get into BYU and yep. we'll see. I believe that's how we ended it. Hey, try out, man. Let's see what you got. I was, I did not know what to say. I was shocked. I knew what to say. Walk on. Yeah, and Prove then take it. his spot. Prove it. Oh, join our conversation twenty four seven using the hashtag BYUSN. And that with... person's name was Christian Stewart. No, no. just kidding. Just kidding. Hey, <laughs> Don't throw the backup quarterback under kidding. the bus. No, he's ready to rock. Yeah, Christian is. Christian is a good athlete. Uh, get involved in today's Twitter question. Who's the best non-P5 team in college football? We're looking at teams headed into this next season. Not who will be uh, at the end of this season, but based on you know last season, who comes back, the makeup, whatever. Who, who's the best non-P5 team in college football? We will tell you our top five. Where does BYU fit into that? Where do some of BYU's opponents fit into that? Does BYU play many teams in that top five? They may or may not. Yeah, the schedule shakes out so that we can decide some of these things on the field, and Be- that is fabulous. Because BYU is playing many of these teams, we put this together. It's interesting. 
man, BYU Sports Nation simulcast and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio. We're on BYU TV each and every weekday at noon Eastern. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Non-Power 5 powerhouses. Jeremy and I have ranked the best non-P5 football teams in America. Who is number one? Who should be number one? Well, we're, we went, we're going with the team that we feel like is the most dangerous game that BYU has on the schedule, and that is at Central Florida on October 9th, a Thursday night on ESPN. Central Florida, fresh off a BCS win, returning 15 starters, nine on defense. How can they not be at the top of that list? Yeah, Blake and, Bortles and the, leaves. The they talent don't... in Florida. Like, you match them up, and you just look at BYU, and you look at Central Florida. Like, Central Florida wins the talent game. But BYU has good coaching, uh, solid facilities. They have discipline and work ethic, a good scheme. So that's why BYU is competitive with uh, other teams that may have more talent, right? So number one, Central Florida. Then number two, and this is where maybe we, you and I vary a little bit, B- BYU. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to put BYU there. I put Houston there. No! J- just buy a hair. Let me tell you why. Because they returned uh, you know, five of the top six receivers, the top five tacklers, all the top three or four rushers, the quarterback, all that. It was a close game. I know the game's in Provo, but it's on a short week. It, but just Houston by itself. Maybe if you could go co-number two, I'd put Houston right there with BYU. Return the quarterback. We weighed a couple of things in this. How many games did the, this team win last year? How many returning starters did they have on offense and defense? And did they return the quarterback? Those were the criteria. Houston returns 17 players. BYU returns eight, 14. From an 8-5 and five season, they have their quarterback, John O'Corn. And their losses, four of those five losses were by a possession or less. One possession. Seven, seven, three, and one or something yeah. like that. Against a couple ranked teams. I mean, including Central Florida. Their 8 and 5 was different than BYU's 8 and 5. But BYU beat them head to head by one on the in road. Houston. Yep, yep. So basically, it's a wash. In Houston. If you could go to- co 2, you would. You could. You could. Okay. Cougars. Go Cougars. Number two. Cougars. So BYU number two. Houston by a hair. Number well, three. They're picked not. to finish second in the American Conference. Jeremy actually put them in they're, the number two. They're spot. sneaky. Houston's sneaky. The game is in Provo, and this isn't about where the games are going to be played. No. Or, or head-to-head this against BYU, per se. Just new, right now, where, rank where the are you? top nine yeah. power five. This doesn't figure into where games are being played and all of that. And what do you think? Use hashtag BYU. And tell us what you think. Who's the best? Who's your top five? Houston picked to finish second in the American Conference behind what I believe is our number four team. I have Cincinnati. Okay, The Bearcats are picked to win the American with 13 returning starters after a 9-4 and season. They don't bring back their quarterback. So this is interesting that coaches in the American would pick that team to win despite not bringing back a quarterback off a 9-4 and season. That's interesting. Central Florida, Houston, Cincinnati. There's a logjam of solid teams at the top. Central that, Florida was picked to finish third. Yeah, the between 8 and 11 wins, you know, for those maybe 9 to 11 wins for each of those teams, depending on how they fare in non-conference play. Now, Central Florida plays at, uh, Penn, well, Penn State in Dublin, Ireland. If you two, the halftime performance, that'd be awesome. They play at Missouri as well. I mean, that they could start 0-2, right? 1-2 to start or something. Cincinnati's a good program, too. BYU plays at Cincinnati, or no, home to Cincinnati next season. Next season. No date on that, by the way. 
Number five on our list, another team that BYU will face in 2014, the Boise State Broncos. Fifteen returning starters off of an eight and five season. It, apparently, it's the the year of coming year off of, of an eight. eight and five. The year like, of eight. Hey, Boise State, Unless Houston, you're Utah and State, and you get to play uh, one more game. Yeah, and go nine and five. Yeah, they do bring back their quarterback Grant Hedrick. Uh, who did a nice job coming in uh, in a tough situation when they had an injury to Joe Southwick, and now he's he's the guy. He's the guy under their new coach Brian Harson. Other teams we considered in this that just made it d- just didn't make it: Utah State, Fresno State, Navy, Marshall, Bowling Green. Now Marshall's interesting because they don't play anybody. Listen to this non-conference schedule from the Marshall Thundering. Oh, I don't have it up right now. Okay, well, I'll pull it up. We 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 will get to it. In Conference USA, with who they have coming back, nobody's going to compete with Marshall. Yeah, here's the schedule. At Miami of Ohio, Rhode Island, Ohio, Akron, Old Dominion, Middle Tennessee, FIU, Florida Atlantic, Southern Miss, Rice, Alabama, Birmingham, Western Kentucky. Who are their non-conference games? Listen, they're gonna go, they could go 12-0. Rakeem Cato, quarterback, Heisman Pundit.com had him on uh, yeah, the Heisman top 25 candidate, yeah. Heisman watch list. He, they're good. But they're not so good they're going to get into the top four. There's no way. There's elitism among non-P5s. We speak from a sort of Mountain West perspective, right? Uh, It's the American and the Mountain West and everybody everybody else. else. There are three other conferences, and they're in a league of their own, right? Maybe maybe that's unfair, but... I think it's fair. But look at what's happened in recent history. Look at Northern Illinois last year. With Jordan You Lynch. can't even win your, your MAC championship game. You lost to Bowling Green. To Bowling Green, Green, who won 10 games. Which is uh, another that, team that's picked to win their respective conference this Bo- year. Bowling Green versus Cincinnati or Houston or Central Florida. I take all three of those American teams over them. Here's the nice thing about this list. BYU plays this season. Central Florida, Houston, Boise State, Utah State. Next year, it, next year of uh, non-P5 quality. Cincinnati, East Carolina won 10 games a year ago. Fresno State, Utah State, those are some of the best of the rest. Not to mention, of course, the September we always talk about with Nebraska, Boise State, UCLA, and Michigan. You have eight solid games on there. So as an independent, if you can't be in a Power 5 conference, do that. Schedule do that. the best of the non-Power yes, 5 teams. do that. I got so excited, I bumped the mic. Bam! I've our, already broken one. Our top five non-Power 5 teams, Central Florida, tie for second between BYU and Houston, <laughs> Cincinnati and Boise State. This is something, and we're dead serious, we're going to keep track of the best non-Power 5 teams throughout the year and, and rank them each week. The best because I like it. Because that is, it relates to BYU and BYU Sports Nation. Where do the Cougars fall among the best of the teams that are on the outside looking? Okay, the goal for BYU is to be number one, obviously, and I think that they can. And they can go head-to-head. With three of those, the other four. They might in play Cincinnati five. in the Miami Beach Bowl. Yes. They could play. They could well, play every team the in the li- top five. In our top six, we put Utah State at number six. They could play the other five. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's, I, I, I that, would, is the, that is a good model. You can only play so many P5s. You just, that's part of, last year it was seven, this year it's three. Play these teams if you can't play the P5s. If Utah gets scared and doesn't want to play, all right, we'll play Central Florida and Houston. Who is the best non-Power 5 team in college football? Let's get to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Kid Quasar starts us off. When you say P5, I assume you're talking about Pluto's fifth moon. Yes, that's of exactly, that's exactly of what we're talking about. He's a rocket scientist at Kid <laughs> Quasar, by the way. That is a fact. Uh, in which case, he says Alabama or Auburn. Okay. Uh, 
I'm not no, exactly. We mean non. So what's the best non P5? Non yeah. power. So, so Wayne again. We want to hear what you think. At Johnny B underscore fifty six. I want to say BYU, but UCF Central Florida has looked really good the past few years. So they get the number one spot. Boise State is a close second. We'll ask the voice of Boise State, Bob Beeler, where he thinks the Broncos yep. fall in that discussion of best non-Power 5 teams. Huge year for Boise State. Blaine Fowler said it. They've got to jump back into the, the uh, stream of good teams in non-P5 or just college football. They, they had won 11-plus games like several years in a row, and then they go eight. I, at I underscore pit of the fool. Great. That's man. Hall of Fame Twitter handle. <laughs> that is Hall of Fame, oh, man. man. Anyone who doesn't answer this question as BYU needs to be banned. Whoops. Hashtag bleed blue. Hashtag who is the only non-P5 with national championship. It doesn't have much to do with this ranking are this year. Are we banned? It's, did at I underscore Pinnacle we are not just ban us? Ba- we, well, maybe he did. We are not banned. Come on. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we continue our look back at the 1984 National Championship with the leading receiver for BYU from 1984. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting. If you're new to the program, you can follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Subscribe to the BYU Sports Nation podcast as well on iTunes. Get all your BYU news, interviews, and updates at your convenience. You can also sub- subscribe to the podcast using the RSS feed on BYUSportsNation.com. We've got some great feedback thus far from, uh, from our listeners and viewers Five days about in. the podcast. Yeah. It, uh, things are looking really, really good. Keep so it going. Con- continue to subscribe to that. Who is the best non Power Five team in all of college football? That is our Twitter question today. At Laser Sheep says, right now, I'd say either Central Florida or BYU. What a treat that this will be settled on the field October 9th in Orlando. Could not agree more. He says, Boise was this team, but not anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Absolutely. Uh, you think about what you know, Boise State did, what BYU did back in the day, in 1984, win a national championship, so rare. And maybe one of the uh, one of the guys that's been underrated on that was David Mills, and he had one of the better stats uh, of that season. Which brings us to the stat of the day. Boom! It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Play it for him, Johnny. 17.1. David Mills, a tight end, leading receiver that year, averaged 17.1 yards per catch. In 1984. That's pretty good. Every time you catch the ball, 17 yards, bang. And that is how we will introduce our 1984 national champion, David Mills, joining BYU Sports Nation, making his show debut. David, did you realize that you were at 17.1 yards per catch that national championship season? Um, When the the year is over, sure, you realize on that. I mean, uh, during the time, everybody kind of gave me a hard time about how slow I was. And all I was like, (laughs) put the numbers and go, hey, I'm not not that slow because uh, I got some yards behind me. So, Kelly Smith uh, was on last week. Every Wednesday, uh, we're having a member of the 1984 national championship team on the program. He mentioned, "Ask David Mills why he why he was nicknamed Sluggo." You just got the answer right there. <laughs> Everybody was, thought I was slow. So, and he yeah he jumped it too. He was too excited. He was like, "It's because he was slow." But you were you weren't slow if you had a thousand yards receiving, right? Um, well, I, I guess numbers don't lie, and I give a hard time. Uh, you know, one of my best friends off that team was Glenn Kozlowski, and he and I are actually living out here in Illinois together. Um, 
and he was always considered to be the speed guy. Well, on pro day, I ran a four five forty, so that's not <laughs> slow. And having a seventeen one is not slow. I always told everybody it's because I had long strides. I just look slow. <laughs> I just look slow. Hey, you can take that stat of the day we just uh, brought up again, 17.1 yards per catch, and hang that over every other member of the wide receiving core. You have that going for you. Well, and I think what you're touching on between Kelly giving me a hard time and us kind of laughing about it, that's kind of the spirit of that team. Anything somebody did wasn't good enough. Somebody could always do it better. And it wasn't really serious. It was just we had a lot of fun teasing each other. We had a lot of fun trying to push each other to do something a little different. David Mills joining BYU Sports Nation. 30 years later, how often uh, do you reminisce about that magical season at BYU, David? Um, anytime you see one of the guys, you kind of start talking about it. And it's not so much the season. You talk about the moments during the season. Uh, you kind of talk about, you know, different highlights that came out of it. I mean, uh, you know, anytime I talk to uh, Lewis Wong or Glenn Kozlowski or any of those guys you see around, those kind of things come up just nature, just because just you're athletes. So. Uh, when you look back in 1984, so much uh, you know was magical about it. I, I thought it was interesting to know that you had a diff- the difficult situation of being behind two-time All-American Gordon Hudson, and then your senior year you break out and have this great year. I, I saw a stat that you had something like 98 receiving yards prior to your senior year, and then you go for 1,000. What is it that you did to break out in your uh, senior season and help BYU win the national championship? Uh, Gordon graduated. Yeah. <laughs> that helped. No, because you know, coming out of out of high school, you get a lot of things. Gordon and I actually came in together. He came out of Brighton High School. I came out of Alta High School there in Salt Lake. Uh, we came in as freshmen together. Uh, we competed back and forth, and and you know, Coach Chow and the offensive staff made a decision to go with Gordon, which was a great decision. I mean, he showed that with his numbers. Um, you just. I was one of those guys that kind of, I think, was like a lot of players on the team, had been in the program for a long, long time. Uh, we knew we could play. We just hadn't had a chance to be out on the field. And so you had a lot of, you know, fifth-year seniors that that, that 84 season, a guy like uh, uh, Stephen Heyman, uh, one of our safeties, we were all kind of in that boat. People didn't know who we are, and we just wanted a chance to show that we could play the game. We've talked at length about how magical and how special, really miraculous, the 1984 season was, the way it all, it all shook out. The right teams lost. You continued to beat teams at the right time. You opened the season with a big win at number 3 Pittsburgh. Do you envision a scenario in the future, David, where a team like BYU, a non-Power 5 team, could ever win a national championship again? Uh, BYU scheduling is going to play an important role in that. I mean, even with the the new four team playoff, you know, you're going to have to be at the right place at the right time. Um, there, there's a lot of things that are kind of out of your control um, that you need to kind of have fall in place. You know, I think back to that particular team. I mean, everybody had written us off after the '83 season, saying, "Okay, you know, with Steve Young and Todd Shell and Gordon Hudson and all the 11 and one, those guys were done." So they dropped us out of the rankings. Um, you can't have people do that. You've got to be high in the rankings, and you've got to win on that. So I, I guess in the long story, yeah, it, it could happen again, but I have a funny feeling those Power 5 conferences are doing everything they can to make sure it doesn't happen. Sure feels like that, and uh, throughout the history of college football, BYU has been at the forefront of the cause for change. 84 was the first year, 96, 2001, and we'll see what BYU can do in the future. Since BYU is independent, uh, what's the perception and maybe – uh, some perception things you have to fight being in Illinois about BYU's football program, David. Well, they're always out here. They're compared to Notre Dame. Uh, you know, South Bend's just across the state border, and BYU has played them. 
And that's kind of the, the fight. And everybody out here is, knows the history of Notre Dame. Very few people know the history of BYU. There's getting to be more and more. But that's where you're fighting. And, and until BYU gets a couple of you know top five, top ten matchups and, and is on TV, which they are all the time, and, and they produce well, you're always going to be fighting that. And as soon as BYU gets a big win, uh, the Notre Dame faithful and everybody else is, well, well they can't, can't do it every week because they're independent. They only get a tough game every three or four weeks. And everybody always has to come back to it, but that's what you're fighting. You're just fighting kind of a perception and a tradition. Um, you know, anybody out west kind of knows BYU's tradition a little better than people out here in the Midwest. David Mills with us on BYU Sports Nation, the leading receiver from the 1984 National Championship BYU football team. Uh, naturally, we want to know what's going on in your life right now. David, can you give us an update of what's happening in Illinois? I'm a high school teacher and a coach. <laughs> right now, this morning, we just had uh, 90 of our players check into what we call a lock-in. It's our last three days of our summer camp. Um, been the head coach out here for five years. Uh, been out here now for 13 years, and that's what we, you know, that's that's what I do. Uh, coach Edwards and, and all his staff instilled a love for the game of football into it, and I'm just trying to pay that forward, if you want to call it that. Some of your other teammates have been head coaches or are head coaches as well. Lewis Wong, I know, at Timview for a long time. He was an offensive lineman on that team. Now Mountain View, locally in Orem, uh, here in Utah. Uh, Robert and I, of course, on that team. Who else has maybe been a coach from that team? Uh, you've got a lot of guys. I mean, Kurt Gavea was a coach for a while. He's uh, in Hawaii he's now. Yep. Yeah, uh, Lada Kale was a coach for a while. Leon White was out of the San Diego area. Glenn Kozlowski uh, is a head coach at Guerin Prep and has been a head coach at three different schools out here in Illinois. Are you going to play um, against his team? He and I played against you. That you got to be careful who your college roommates are. Glenn and I used to room together on the road. <laughs> and uh, we always teased each other. One day we'd like to coach together. Well, I've been coaching back in Utah at a Provo High and Brighton High School for you know nine years out there. And all of a sudden he got the head job out here at Wakanda High School, and he called me up and said, hey, are you ready to come on out? And one thing led to another, and I moved out here to coach with him at Wakanda. Um, a few years later, he took a head job at a different school, and we got to play each other every year for a five-year period. So, How'd that matchup go? Interesting stories. Um, who, who got the me? best of the five? Well, you got to know Kozlowski. Uh, no matter what, no matter what, he's going to twist it so he wins. He's never, never had a good story that he doesn't win in. Uh, the numbers are: uh, we played each other five times. Uh, my, our team won three. He won two. He's going to tell you his team is better because he won the last two in the series. So you take whichever side of that argument you want. I take you. You won three. Nicely done. <laughs> Glenn Kozlowski made a, a spectacular catch in the Holiday Bowl in that national championship game to put BYU right back in it. You had ten catches, or excuse me, eleven catches for one hundred three yards. I'm I'm always interested to talk to the players about when Robbie Bosco went out. Kelly Smith joked that Robbie faked the injury and went out, and then in comes Blaine Fowler as the team's leading receiver. What's going through your mind when your backup quarterback comes in against Michigan in the de facto national championship game? Uh, biggest thing you're trying to do is just calm everybody down. Uh, you know, we had everybody was anxious, everybody's excited. All of a sudden, you get an injury. We had some players that were really. Uh, mostly wound up because they saw how the injury happened, so they weren't very happy with uh, the way it happened. And so it was just trying to get everybody to calm back down. All right, here's what we're going to do. Let's go back to what we know how to do and just start to play. I think that's the one thing about that particular team is we didn't let too many things outside of our control affect us. We just controlled what we could, and we did it to the best of our abilities. One of the games that sticks out from 84 was at Air Force, apparently in a blizzard. 
Uh, I guess he had 10 catches, 225 yards, and a 54-yard touchdown. What do you remember from that game? Uh, probably the touchdown, um, just for the simple reason that, uh, again, it creates a great story. My version of it is our quarterback broke, and we went into scramble drill, so I broke off my route and started running to a different area. Because uh, Lowski will tell you that Robbie was throwing the ball to him, and so afterwards, I got credit for an offensive interception that turned into a touchdown. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you can take that anyway. But, you know, sometimes you get a lucky bounce and things happen, and that's kind of the way that uh, – that's why I remember that play. Um, you know, I remember even before the game, they dumped, it seemed like, 14 to 16 inches of snow, dumped 24 hours before the game. Wow. And our, our coaches, had, uh, Coach Chow and everybody else, had gone to the Broncos and said, hey, when you guys are playing in this kind of a weather, what are some of the things you do? And we made a slight modification in our game plan, and uh, offensively we were able to have a pretty good day. The scramble drill produced some pretty uh, spectacular results on that 1984 team. I believe the game-winning touchdown pass to Kelly Smith was the, well, you were on the scramble drill at that point, correct? We were. Um, I don't know if Kelly told you what the play was. Um, it was. It should have been, if I remember correctly, it was 69H option. That's like the most um, famous play in BYU history, right? Uh, it, it should be. Common. It should be. Everyone talks um, about that What a lot play. of people forget about is that there was actually a penalty on the play. Yes, and, uh, yes. There was uh, uh, two linebackers with the inside linebacker jumped and grabbed a hold of my jersey because I was breaking open in the middle, and that's where Robbie kind of had to break it off because he didn't see that part. When he did, Kelly broke his route off into the scramble drill, broke up the sideline, and Robbie found him. So, so you know, do, a lot of people you... think when you scramble, you scramble for no reason. The reality is our coaches put us in scramble drills all the time, so we all kind of knew our responsibilities and where to go. You were the primary receiver on that play. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Glenn Kozlowski would probably tell you he was the primary receiver, right? All right, we're going to go down Koz's stories. Koz was the number one for everything, okay? There, there was a day uh, we were having a practice in the fall, and uh, Koz was just, you know, Koz's nickname was Popoff. You, you can figure out why. Um, he was going through, and he was just giving Robbie a hard time about, Robbie, you need to do this. Robbie, you need to do that. Robbie, you need to throw me more balls. Robbie, Robbie, Robbie. Well, Robbie was kind of perplexed about what to do with it. And so I turned to Robbie and said, you know what? It's real simple. Don't throw me any balls in practice. We went through an entire practice where Glenn Kozlowski caught no balls. <laughs> Needless to say, Robbie was smiling under his breath because he knew what was going on. Glenn was fuming because if he doesn't catch a ball, he's a wide receiver. He's supposed to catch balls. The only ball he caught was in a uh, red zone drill where he had to, Robbie had to throw it to him. Uh, needless to say, after that, Glenn and Robbie had a little different appreciation for each other, and I don't think Glenn quite uh, gave him quite the hard time. <laughs> That's a good story. This, this is why we love to bring up uh, yeah, the 84 stories like that. That's a fantastic insight into the 84 team. David Mills, great to have you with us. I guess it's only fair. We gave Kelly Smith an opportunity to uh, set you up. We have Marv Allen on next Wednesday. Is there anything we should know about Marv that we should ask him about? Ask him how anybody played in the first Holiday Bowl and was there seven years later. <laughs> That's a story of BYU He was an right? old man in that Holiday Bowl. He played a number one, and there he was seven years later. I'm, not, I'm still not sure how you do that. So. Wow. Oh, that is fantastic. David Mills, great to talk to you, and uh, good luck at the Wakanda High School in the approaching season. All right. Thanks, guys. Good luck to BYU this year. Uh, hey, great story. <laughs> Wakanda High, he goes to Wakanda with Kozlowski, then they... This is why we do this every Wednesday. That's great. Great stories. Love it. Love Stolen it. Stolen jerseys last week. 
wearing wedding rings over the national or, or national championship rings over the wedding rings from Kelly Smith, and now this the David Mills on Glenn Kozlowski situation. Fantastic. That is so good. Up next, the voice of the Boise State Broncos. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. We are one month away from college football and BYU getting back to the season. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We are broadcasting in crystal clear radio vision on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Speaking of BYU TV, coming up in just a couple of weeks, which is crazy, women's soccer will be live on BYU TV. You can watch seven different games on BYU TV this year of women's soccer starting August 25th. Cougars and Cougars of Washington State, 7.30 Eastern Time. Spencer Linton on the call. See the ladies dominate. Bob Beeler is the voice of the Boise State Broncos and has worked in that role since 2008, a four-time Idaho Sportscaster of the Year. Bob, great to have you back on BYU Sports Nation. Well, it's great to be back, and it's also great to have you guys on the schedule again. Obviously, one of the highlights for Boise State every year is that matchup. We'll start with that question, Bob. Is BYU the game for Boise State? I know Mississippi and Atlanta is awfully nice, but where does BYU fall in terms of the important games on Boise State's schedule? Well, I mean, if you think about it, really, if the idea is to get to that one of those New Year's Six Access Bowl games, the Ole Miss and the BYU games are nice, but you've got to win your league before you even get into the discussion of you know what kind of uh, record you have and whether you should be put into that position or not. But uh, I think people like it. BYU is always good, always has a lot of marquee players. It's a home game this year. I'm sure people are going to be fired up to see the game. Um, but uh, Boise State's going to have its hands full in the opener with Ole Miss. Ole Miss has recruited very well. It's an SEC team to start the season, Boise State, with a new coach. So I don't think they can see past the first game right now. But yeah. as far as interest goes, as far as the fans go, I think it's one of their most interested in. Uh, San Diego State's going to try to do something that only two other schools have ever done in history, and that's beat uh, Boise State three years in a row. They're coming here, so I think uh, that date is circled. And then uh, Boise State lost a one-pointer to Fresno State last year, and they're coming here too. So if you ask me the four games that are the most interesting on the schedule, I'd give you those four. It's a new era with a brand-new head coach, uh, Brian Harson, uh, new head coach after Chris Peterson goes to Washington. What's the vibe like in Boise with the new regime? The vibe is great. He's done a lot of things to, you know, I think energize the, the fan base here. He he sent the entire coaching staff to hit every single high school in Idaho that plays football. Uh, then he went out on a caravan, something that's never been done at Boise State before, to meet the, the public in, you know, many of the different towns in the state of Idaho. Um, he, he's assembled a tremendous staff. A lot of people compare this staff to the first staff. Peterson put together hungry, young, great recruiters, um, I think people are very excited. You know, Coach Pete was going to leave. You know, obviously he hasn't lost the game yet, but uh, I think as far as fans go, uh, this guy is a local kid, played high school football in Boise, was a backup quarterback here, uh, you know, a longtime assistant, and I think, I think a better coach for having gone to Texas as offensive coordinator for two years and then maybe even a better coach because he was actually a head coach last year at Arkansas State. Uh, there's no, uh, I think there's no substitute for some actual experience. Brian Harson takes over a program that really over the last decade established, uh, established itself as one of the sweethearts of college football. BCS bowl game winner, undefeated seasons. Now with an 8-5 and five season last year and Chris Peterson leaving under Harson, is there maybe some urgency that Boise State needs to reemerge as uh, one of the non-Power 5 powerhouses? 
Yeah, I think they need to start well. I think they need to, you know, keep themselves up there. I, I also think it's unfair to think that Boise State's going to go ninety-two and twelve over the next eight years. <laughs> I, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you're if you're if you're expecting that, then uh, you're 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 delusional. Um, you know, to taking nothing away from the ninety-two and twelve. I mean, I, I think the Mountain West is tougher than the WAC. Uh, the non-conference schedule is stronger. Than it's been. I mean, this year Boise State is tangling with Ole Miss. They're tangling with BYU, and they're tangling with Louisiana. Who I think maybe one of the teams that's going to contend for that spot in the Access Bowl. I, I like their chances. Uh, uh, you know, if they come into Boise and knock off the Broncos, uh, you know, I, I think that game is going to be one of the early games that maybe one of the most important games played in college football on September the twentieth. But uh, no, I, I think that you know, I think Boise State's goal needs to be number one, win the league. Because if you win the league, that sets everything else up. If you don't win the league and you're not going to be in any of these, you know, the big New Year's six bowls, um, you know, you're probably not going to be in the top ten. You're probably not going to be doing anything. So, you know, I, I think, you know, in Boise State's case, unlike BYU that's an independent, I, I think every year the, the, the goal's got to be win the league. BYU and Boise State uh, continue a, I believe, a 12-game series, which is, of all the series that BYU's, Signed up for as an independent. I love it the most. I think it's a really good game for BYU every year. What's the perception of that series in Boise against BYU every single season? I think it's the same thing. And I think one of the things, you know, besides playing somebody that, you know, year in, year out is one of the better teams in the country, it's a drivable game. I I call games for 25 years in the East before taking the job, as you guys mentioned, in 2008. One of the leagues I was in, our longest conference trip, was like Boise State going to Utah State, which is the shortest conference trip Mm. in the Mountain West. So I think having places that fans can actually drive and see the game uh, makes it better. And I also think one of the things that makes college football better that I think some of the Midwest and South have that the West doesn't have because of distance is, you know, you go to a game in the SEC, there's 10,000 folks wearing the other color. And I always think that adds a lot to the atmosphere at a stadium when there's a group of people that are cheering when one team does something and then there's a group that's cheering when the other team does something. And I think that, you know, with, with the probably, I don't know, what do you think it is, about a six-hour drive down to, down to Provo from Boise? I mean, it's certainly doable for a weekend. And I, and I think people like going down there, and I hope that uh, the people at, uh, at BYU like coming up here. Bob Beeler is the play-by-play voice for Boise State, has been so since 2008, joining BYU Sports Nation. We mentioned Brian Harson. Let's talk a little bit about Chris Peterson and his transition up to Washington. I know that he's not your guy anymore, but I feel like he will long be endeared to Boise State fans just for what he did to the program and the whole 92-12 and 12 effort. Why did Chris Peterson feel like it was now time to leave and pursue something else? Well, I think you'd have to ask him that question. I, I think he'll be very successful at Washington. I think he... If you're asking me my opinion, I think he that this program fit. He, he talks a lot about things fitting. And I think that while USC was not a fit for him, I think this Washington program will be a fit for him in Seattle, in the Northwest. I think maybe, you know, he wanted to, you know, the challenge of, you know, moving to the Pac-12 would be a guess. Um, you know, he'd been here eight years, and I think he was looking maybe for something new. And I think Washington upgraded by trading Sarkeesian for Peterson. Today's poll question, uh, Twitter question for us is, uh, who's the best non-P5 team in college football? And we've ranked the top five. I want to get your opinion on this, Bob. Central Florida comes in at number one. Houston, BYU, Boise State, Cincinnati. 
Where does Boise State fit into that, and who's the best in your opinion? Well, I don't think it's Central Florida. I, I think Central Florida is going to start the year 0-2, and I think Central Florida is going to have quarterback issues hmm. replacing Bortles. So I think whoever's got them number one I think is going to be wrong. That um, would be the two of us. <laughs> okay. I, I think they're starting 0-2, and the season's going to go south for them the rest of the way. Okay. Where does Boise State fit in, you think? We have them number four. Well, I don't know. I, I The thing that scares me, guys, is I think the Mountain West is going to be real balanced, and I think that it's going to be tough. I, I, I think in the in the Conference USA, I like Houston. Did you have Houston in Houston, there? Houston number yes. two, yeah. yeah. I like their quarterback, O'Corn. I think they're going to be good. Um, I think Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati and Houston are going to are going to fight it out in the in the American Conference. I really like Louisiana, a team that Boise State is going to see. Uh, I think that the Broadway, their quarterback, is extremely underrated. I think that that's a school that most people really don't know. I'm going to give you one that's going to be up in the polls. I don't know if they're the best team. I think Marshall's going to run the table in yeah. the. Uh, in the in the conference USA, their non conference schedule is as easy as pie. Yeah, Seriously, they play nobody. Uh, and that's coming from a Boise State guy, right? Well, this year the schedule's not easy as pie. Yeah, you guys play tough teams now outside of the what yeah. And you go and you play that you play Mississippi, you get that win, you're good. Marshall doesn't have right. the the Mississippis, the no, Bulls on it. The, uh, they're no, not they've gonna... got Akron, they've got Miami of Ohio, uh, but I think they're gonna be twelve and zero. There's no way they get into the college football playoff either, right? No way. Marshall. The playoff or the access bowl? Playoff, never. I don't think any of these teams are getting into the playoff. Interesting. When when do you see a non P five getting into the playoff, if at all? I don't know that I see it because you've got four spots in the playoffs right now. You got five power conferences. I think there's going to be a huge fight every year because one of the power five is going to be left out, and then a year that say the SEC gobbles up two bids and takes one away from, say, the Big Ten, I, I think there's going to be a lot of arguments over which team or which league gets left out. I, I think it's going to have to be a special, special circumstance. I think a non-Power 5 is going to have to run the table, be undefeated, and probably knock off one or two Power 5s, and I don't mean somebody down the line in a Power 5. They're going to have to knock off somebody like Boise State, you know, beating Georgia that year, somebody right. that's going to end up with, as a competitor, but hey, the deck is the deck is stacked. I mean, who would have thought that any teams were going to make the the BCS games? Remember, they stacked right. it. You had to be in the top twelve. You had to be better than a conference champion from one of the other leagues. When those guys made those rules, do you think they ever thought that that somebody was going to cash in? And it got cashed in quite a bit. Right, and they've changed the game to try and almost push non-P5s out of the game. And Boise State's BYU a long time ago, one of the schools in 84 and 96 and 01 that kind of pushed the envelope. And then maybe my favorite game of all time is Boise State Oklahoma 07, of course, where, okay, Mm -hmm. a non-P5 actually did that. So it'll be interesting to see what the non-P5s can do And Utah, I know you guys don't like to talk about them, but they went down and dismantled that. (laughs) Right. Dismantled Alabama that year. Alabama. They, they did it yeah. twice. Utah yeah. did it twice. That so. helped in this process mm-hmm. for sure. But I think you're sure. right, Bob. I, I The word I've been using is a miracle. It will take a miracle yeah. for a non-Power 5 to get in to that, uh, that four-team playoff. All right. I'll, I'll give you one this year that, that maybe could, but they won't because I don't think they're that good. You know, we we're talking about schedules. Uh, East Carolina plays North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia Tech in non-conference action. Well, you okay? win all those, yeah. You win all three of those. Virginia Tech is one of. Let's say Virginia Tech is the second best team in the ACC, and let's say South Carolina wins the SEC East. 
that case, you might get in. And then you're still playing Central Florida, Houston, Cincinnati. I mean, that yeah, they're the team that has a shot. That's a good point. If you have, if you can beat, but but guys, they're not going to they give you? What, what do they give you in Las Vegas for hitting a 12th game parlay? They give you a lot of money, right? <laughs> yeah. Which, yes. is ba- yeah. which is basic. Which is basically what you're talking about. To be in a playoff of the top four, nobody in a in an outside Power Five conference can even sniff it if they don't go twelve and zero. You got to go. Right? Unde- you have to go undefeated. And the best right. non P5s have already been picked from. The guys okay, that and, and did I, it or will would do it are are in P fives for the most part. Right. So to go undefeated, I mean, how many years? It's hard. You know, you have one game. You know, and, and there are good teams out there. I think. I think this year, college football, I'm not so sure we're going to have an undefeated team in any conference this year, except maybe Marshall, because I don't know that there's a great team out there this year. Maybe somebody will emerge, but I think there's a lot of good teams out there this year. Bob Beeler, the voice of the Boise State Broncos, uh, always insightful. Looking forward to the game with Boise State in October, and uh, we wish you the best of luck in the upcoming games. Thank you. It's a lot more fun when your team wins, isn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks, Bob. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Oh, yeah. It's time to release some scheduling announcements. BYU football has announced a home-and-home with Northern Illinois scheduled for 2018 and 2020. There is also another game for next year's schedule in 2015, and that will happen against an FCS opponent, Idaho State, on October 24th. on Idaho State there Ex- next. Exactly. Trevor Maddich in- is super stoked about Idaho State in October of 2015. In Taysom Hill's final senior season, he will play Idaho State from Pocatello in Provo. BYU in Northern Illinois, a home-and-home home scheduled for 2018 and 2020. And Idaho State BYU scheduled for October 24th, 2015. We're going to... Dig into the nitty-gritty of all of this. I'll Jerem, tell you all the games in 2018 and 20. Now. Yeah, Jerem's got his uh, and, spreadsheet pulled up. And BYU has 13 games scheduled for 2015 in the regular season. We'll tell you which game we think they'll drop. What the heck does that mean? 13 games next year. We discuss it next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. We just announced some scheduling news for BYU football. Yes. And we will discuss it at length in about 30 seconds. But now before we tell you how you can always listen to the show on demand. Yeah, it's uh, on. uh, we have a podcast as of Friday. So iTunes, uh, subscribe to the RSS feed on BYUSportsNation.com. On demand, baby. Our Twitter question also today, who is the best non-P5 team in college football? Continue to respond using the hashtag BYUSN. Before the break... We told you that Northern Illinois and BYU have a home-and-home home scheduled for 2018 and 2020, the 2018 game to be played in Lavelle Edwards Stadium uh, against the Cougars, and then 2020 in DeKalb, Illinois. Okay, and the next season, BYU plays uh, October 24th, a home game against Idaho State. Now, BYU now has 13 regular season games scheduled for the 2015 season. You can only play 12. Okay, what the heck? There will be some things uh, shaken up. And... Uh, so BYU will drop a game. I think BYU drops at Southern Miss on October 17th. There have been some grumblings from makes, outside sources Makes as well. that a bye week. I wonder if BYU plays Cincinnati on October 3rd. 
or maybe second conference weekend. Okay, we'll, so we'll see. That's there is some game. scheduling. It's because the Cincinnati game had previously been scheduled for the same date that now we find out they will host Idaho State. Yes, so that's got to move somewhere. But BYU, uh, yeah, and the FCS uh, game announced. It, normally, that's announced, you know, in the on our scheduling show, the February of uh, with FCS teams. But BYU trying to lock in 2015, uh, what I think is BYU's best schedule ever. Now, who does BYU play in 2018? Now that Northern Illinois is on the schedule, home games: Northern Utah State, Northern Illinois, East Carolina, Hawaii. So, all right, road games. We need road, to, we need to add road. Notre Dame to that schedule <laughs> somewhere, please. Notre, okay, 2018. At Boise State, at Arizona, at Utah, at Wisconsin. Woo! The road, the road schedule games are in 2018 tough. is ridiculous. 2020, six-game schedule now with at Northern Illinois on the schedule. Other road games include at Stanford, at Boise State, at Arizona State. No Jordan Lynch for Northern Illinois. Luckily. Virginia and Arizona on the home schedule in yes. 2020, correct? Yes. Yeah. So it is happening, people. Northern Illinois, would it would have been great to have Jordan Lynch and that group, right? But they're a team that has proven to be one of the better Non P five. They were a recently. BCS buster. Yes, they did not bust. Um, they didn't even bust the Mac. But that you know what? That's I, I like it. BYU hasn't scheduled any Sun Belt teams. This is the first time with the Mac, and it's one of the better Mac teams. Sure, it's not going to be one of your top uh, four or five games on the schedule. But if it's your seventh or eighth best game, great. Northern Illinois played Florida State in the Orange Bowl two years ago. Yes, they did. So they got to the BCS. Last year, they were they undefeated. They did bust the BCS. You're right. And, and appeared to be on their way to back-to-back BCS games before getting upset by Bowling, Bowling Green, Green. And then they lost to Utah State in a bowl game. Hashtag Maction possibility in 2020. Yeah, I know it says October 24th right now, but what if BYU played on like a Wednesday night? Oh, that's not kosher. All of this is Some action would be fun. Hey, it's exciting to break news and to get new schedules and to see the, the new teams that are coming on to BYU's uh, in, in, on their forecast. But it's all secondary to what happens on August 29th. Countdown to Connecticut. 30 days. We're an even 30 away wow. from the first Less. college football game of BYU's 2014 season. Less than a month. By the way, Notre Dame yet to announce the remaining two home, two road games with BYU. When's that going to happen? Because if BYU can throw Notre Dame, sprinkle them into the 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, somewhere in there. I mean, BYU, Notre Dame's not going to be on 2015. That means they're going to be on four of the next five years. That's awesome. Adding them to the 2016 schedule? Please. Woo. They dropped Michigan, but they haven't dropped BYU. Tom Holmes says they're still going to play. Independence rules! Up next, the Cougar Whip Around on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Studio B. Before we get to what we usually do, Jerem, there's a tweet coming in. we have time for in. this? Yes, we, we have time for this. Quickly. Uh, from at Rise and Shout. Why would you call BYU non-P5? I'm going to let you handle Hashtag this, Hashtag giant mistake. Rich, BYU's not in a Power 5 conference. They're not a Power 5 team. Do they play like it? Do they have facility? Yes, yes. But they are not one. Technically speaking, they're not one. Not a powerful. Does BYU team. have automatic access to you know the semifinals and the access bowl? BYU doesn't even have a- access to the access bowl. This has nothing to do with what we want, right. For BYU, BYU's it's like AP five. Yes, yes, but they are not AP five. Technically speaking, they're not. No, leave technically out of it. It's just straight up, man. The end. <laughs> time to whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. The Football. end. 
BYU announces two new opponents on the future schedules. First, a home and road game with Northern Illinois. Yep, I said home and road. October 27, 2018 in Provo. October 24, 2020 in a city you may have never heard of until now, DeKalb, Illinois. This is the Cougars' first scheduling agreement with the MAC team as an independent and will be the first meeting with Northern Illinois. The Cougars also announce a home game with Idaho State next season on October 24th, probably live on BYU TV. Men's volleyball. Brendan Sander and Storm Faagata are in the under-21 Continental Championships in El Salvador this week. Both have signed to play at BYU next season. Sander had six kills, two aces, and a three-set win versus Nicaragua last night. Faagata had five kills, the USA and Cuba play tonight. The only six kills doesn't sound like a lot, but they were up two sets to none. They just dominated. So the good for those two guys to be there. In fact, the rest of the signees are in camp this week at BYU, uh, working with uh, the campers and getting ready for the season. So exciting. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves the rise and shout today? Tom Homo. More more games on the schedule. I like Attaboy, it. Tom. It's July. Give us something to talk about with football, and that's what it is. Thank you. Hey, coming up tomorrow, Tim Twentyman. He's been on the program. Uh, insider with the DetroitLions.com. We'll talk to him about Kyle Van Noy's thumb injury, uh, what that means, and Ziggy Ansah, how camp is going. Z- well, Ziggy's on the uh, physically unable to perform as well. Pup. There was a picture tweeted out of Kyle and Ziggy next to each other in yeah, Lions cool. jerseys. That's just Unfortunately, awesome. both are kind of hurt right now. They'll be okay. Get healthy, boys. Yeah, they'll the, be okay. The elders of defense. <laughs> Injured. We're, we're going to ask Tim Twentyman about that if he has implemented that. Uh, Who is the best non-P5 team in college football? Some quick Twitter responses. You got tweets. At CTI Dude. BYU is by far the best program. We won't know the best team for three months. So BYU oh, the best t- program. Well, sure, yeah. Uh, no, historic. Recently, Boise State. It's not even close. We want you to. We want you to historically BYU. Make right a prediction. Now? We're talking about right Who's now. Who's the best team right now? Right now. Yeah. All good. Thanks to our guests Bob Beeler and David Mills and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. The show on demand BYUSportsNation.com. Check out our podcast for Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Robert Parker. We're back to work at noon Eastern tomorrow. Oh yeah, Bob Parker.